Wayne Sutton is a master of neurolinguistic programming based in North Carolina. He's an expert in neuropersuasion, which will help you to improve your life by influencing yourself. This episode, you will learn the five magic words of persuasion and learn more about the art of sales from a business and lifestyle perspective. Since a teenager, before teen, I always was curious when I saw people get hypnotized or I saw people follow a cult, uh, follow religion. I'm a minister. I'm, I'm all about God, but I saw people follow dangerous cults and believe it. And I'm like, what up here makes this body do things? So I studied a lot. And then I got into counseling therapy and I realized the importance of being able to use neuroscience to help people. So it's an ongoing study, but that's my degree is in temperament therapy. And I really work with people I just want to see people change for the better. You know, that's it. And and sometimes that is you have to learn how to influence yourself before you can influence others. But I'm big on influence, persuasion, sales skills. Right. And so when someone's influencing themselves, where do you kind of start from? Do you start from like a subconscious mindset or do you start from the conscious mindset? Both. Yes, <laughs> because because of some things consciously you need to be aware of, even though they have an unconscious root. But I do right. call it in the unconscious. Yeah. Because unconsciously we do things because of the way we were, um, we were brought up, what we believe. Yeah. I'm sure there's different belief systems here than where you live, and there's different belief systems in religion, and and so not just belief systems, but habits that we pick up as a child, things that we. Do. Um, so we have to learn to influence that. Then we influence other people. Right. Perfect. Because obviously where you're trying to make people, you know, be able to influence other people by influencing themselves. Is that from a kind of standpoint of like self-empowerment or is it more from a standpoint of close more sales or, you know, get a new job type thing? Yeah, it really is. If I had to say, it's more of a, self-empowerment for their own personal desires. I'll I'll give you an example. I work with a stay-at-home mom that just says, I want to be better with my children. I feel like I have a short temper. I'm frustrated. I want to be a good wife, a good mom. That's her world. Yeah. That's her goal. That's everything. Mm. I also work with a screenwriter outside of California that says, I want to produce movies that covertly bring good values i don't want to make christian movies but i want to do movies that bring good values and covertly lead towards you know christianity or whatever two different people two different aspects same principles of persuasion so i work with real estate agents i want to sell more homes the problem is it's not getting lead generation sometimes or getting people that want to sell their home it's working their own belief system Somebody that made 30000 a year and now is making 300000 a year, they don't know how to handle it. So you've got to work with them there. So, yeah, I mean, it's everybody has a different calling. Yeah. You have a different calling and purpose than I do. How do we use what is in here and in here and bring it forth in a path that brings results? So you studied – I didn't actually catch what you studied in university. What was it you studied in university, sorry? Okay, so basically it's temperament therapy, which is really your inner core values. Yeah. Everyone's born with a different temperament. Some are more melancholy than others. It's the way you, my belief system, where you were divinely created, that is like the foundation. Some people are nice. Some people are funny. Some people are rude. Some people, you know, everybody has their own core foundation. But then what you learn from that. So I studied a lot of hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, timeline therapy, and how do we affect people's mindsets? Yeah. And yeah, it can be used good or bad. I mean, in reality, um, you, I, I tell people I married my wife because of my skill set. That sounds interesting. Good. Did you hit, yeah, did, did you hypnotize her? Is did she just standing in a corner I now? <laughs> I didn't hypnotize her, but I did use, and she told me later, she said, you played me like a fiddle. And I said, yes, but because I knew what you were looking for and I could be that man. Mm. We have a wonderful relationship because I can continue to hit her core values with what matters to her. Yeah. So you, for, from a, a standpoint of, you know, being yourself, you looked at her, you're like, cool, this is what she wants. I can be that person. This is what she needs. I can give her that. And then you just continue to 
maintain that, which is I feel like where most people mess up in relationships is they don't maintain. They don't maintain. Yeah, so you're clean shaven or not. You have the <laughs> right cologne or, you know, you, you do everything to win the prize. Yeah. And then, then what do you do from that point on? Take your foot off the gas and just just start coasting. Yeah. And, and so, for you know, for my wife, for instance, there's something we teach the five magic words, and I'll get into that if we have time. But when I met my wife and convinced her finally just to have dinner with me, you know, I used the five magic words, and from that we began. I began to realize what's important to her, her core values. And then I saw, huh, now all I have to do is display those core values. Yeah. And that's why we have a great relationship. So so when you're teaching people these skills, do, are you saying that these are skills that anybody on earth could figure out and, you know, start walking around and just making things go in their favor all the time? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the problem is most people don't think they can. Most people see sales professionals as, oh, they're salespeople. They see a quick talking politician, or they see a therapist, or they see people and go, wow, I wish I could be like that. But the real true key is, is once you've learned how to ask yourself these questions, then you can ask other people. And anybody, if they'll slow down, use a little active listening, they can really find out what's important to someone and help that person make better decisions or guide that person. I see. And to be honest, Wayne, I, I won't lie. Right now, I'm I'm kind of in a trance because you're like the way you speak, everything that you're doing, your tonality, everything. I'm like, hold on, I can't, I, can't, I feel like I want to get closer to the screen. Like, honest to God, <laughs> I've I've never been this engaged with a guest before. So, that. do you find yourself kind of constantly referring back to what you did in university, like thinking to yourself, oh yeah, this technique can work for this way and that way, and I can you know better kind of my. Uh, my my courses or my offerings to people with with all these types of research that I know and have studied. Yeah, I th that's a great question, Sam. What really, I go back and think about the core of who a person is, the very basic core values that someone has, mm. what they hold important. My biggest teacher was doing hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of counseling sessions. So I'd have someone say, "Wayne, I want to start a family business." Wayne, I want to leave the family business. Wayne. Uh, I want to go into ministry. Wayne, I'm thinking about committing suicide. And I knew right then that one phone call on any of those, that's what's most important to them in that moment. But there's probably a deeper value. And if somebody comes to me and says, Wayne, I want to start a business, or Wayne, I'm considering suicide, I always go back to the same question. And that kind of bypasses the conscious filter goes into the unconscious and helps them start assimilating what really matters. And that's how you change people's lives. That's how you change people's lives. If I may share a quick story. Please share all the stories you want. That's literally what we're here for. We want to hear okay, every okay. story you've got. So you were born, and I'm joking, can't continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so mom and dad met on this cold storm. <laughs> no, so really what attracted, I would not say what attracted me, as I said, as a child, I was attracted to persuasion and influence. I got married. I went through a divorce. I went through just life. And I'm learning. I always call it the dynamics of life. You learn more through life lessons than anything. But you have to learn from them or you'll repeat. Mm. So in these life lessons, um, I've really started studying neurolinguistic programming, which is just as a whole modality. A lot of people are connected with hypnosis and so forth. I was studying therapy. I was studying counseling. And I was studying sales because I was in an industry. If I did not sell, I did not eat. Right. Period. Yeah. So, um, and it was times when I was literally, I mean, power cut off at the home, car being repossessed. And I'm like, something's got to change and it's on me. Personal responsibility is number one. Right. So I had a friend and this friend was, um, <laughs> she was dating two guys at the same time. As you do. That's the best way forward. Best of both. <laughs> She was like, but she was distraught. She said, I really like John and I really like, I can't think of the other guy's name now. She said, I really don't know what to do. And it was just like, she couldn't eat. One's going to find out about the other. What do I do? And um, we were on lunch. I, had, I took her out for lunch one day and we're talking about this. And I finally, I was like tired of hearing. And I said, let me ask you, what's most important to you? 
in a relationship. And now, when you ask someone what's most important to you in anything, the first thing you get surface level answers. Honesty, truth, loyalty. Yeah, good looking, has a great beard, you know, whatever. You know, you get surface level. Okay, so I listened. Okay, okay. I found a point I could agree with, but I listened for the word where the tonality. You mentioned tonality while ago. You got to hear the shift in the voice. One or two words she said really stuck out. I don't remember. This was 20 plus years ago. Well, they were. But I said, okay, okay, you said this is important. And I gave her that word. Mm. I'm curious. And the word I'm curious is just a softener. If you say I'm curious, you can ask anybody anything. So I'm, I'm curious what about that word or what about blank is important. Literally, she looked up and she sat there for a moment. She'd never thought about it. And she looked back at me. She started talking again. I'm just shaking my head. Yes. But keep the more you, if you'll just kind of nod your head. Yes. Like you're doing, it'll get, you know, my secrets. This is the problem. Most guests don't know my secrets, but you already know my secrets. Cause I've studied the same stuff as you about how to make people talk, how to do this. So I'm thinking he already knows he's seeing me. It's like, I'm not saying anything. I'm here just nodding. Obviously this podcast is audio only, but for the listener, I am sat here just nodding and, you know, saying yes, because Wayne is giving us a great story. and I wanted to keep going. I'm not coming in with any yeah. kind of anecdotes and all that kind of stuff. But you were saying, so you were bamboozling oh, yeah, this lady. Yeah, so I'm keeping with her. I'm, I'm nodding my head up and down and just listening. And I'm listening for that twist in tonality again. And the, it's usually about the last two or three words once you've gone what I call second level deep. Mm. <clears throat> she gave me that second level. I said, okay. We finished eating. We were just chatting a few more minutes. And I said, hey, I have to know. You said, and I gave her back that last word, ultimately, what's most important about that? Now we go from eating and laughing and cutting up to literally her eyes are tearing up. She said, and what she told me about John this is what I've always wanted in my life. And he fulfills something in me. See, temperament therapy says there are things that we need and there's unmet needs. And when there's an unmet need long enough, we cause chaos and confusion. That's where we see divorce, where we see people arguing. But when you can recognize the unmet need, and he did, and she could see that need, she said, I know what to do. Immediately, she broke it off with other guys. She's married to John now. And They've been married, I mean, over 20 years now and have a very successful life. That's because she answered her own question. She had an unmet need that was being met, but nobody took time to ask her. That's the power of questions and the power of intent, active listening at the same time. So lots of trouble to say, fast forward in romance, all because you know what to ask. And that's neuropersuasion, in my opinion. When I met my wife, I'm not interested. No, I'm not dating. I'm, you know, so oh, that's cool. That's cool. But I finally got her to agree to have dinner. Hey, you got to eat, right? So we have dinner. You got to eat and I'll pay. <laughs> you know, I'm going to make it free for you. Um, so we go out for dinner and I know immediately her resistance is up. Mm. Here's a guy taking me out. This looks like a date. We said it wasn't a date. Feels like a date. Resistance is up. So what do I do? I do everything that's against a date. Now I did buy the meal, but any, everything else, I'm just pleasant. And I said to her, I said, listen, I know you're not looking a boyfriend, but I'm curious. Back to that softener. What, if you had to say, what is important in a relationship? And you went surface level first. We got the obvious ones, honesty, faithfulness. Da, 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 da. And then once you got to that second layer, you were like. Once I got to the second level, I was finishing my quesadilla. She's talking. We're laughing. Now, I didn't do this as like, you don't ever do this in like a five-minute drill. This is a 30, 45-minute meal. That's what most people forget. Sales yeah. and, and conf- like, um, oh, what's the words? Sales and persuasion is a long game. It could take an hour, it could take a year, it could take a month, whatever. Most people are like, bam, 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 I've hit you with all the techniques. You're sold. And it's like, that's, that's, that only works on television. Do you know what I mean? It it's- only works on television. This is not Wolf of Wall Street. This is not, you know, boiler room. This is real life. And so what happened is over that 
30. But I did know this may be my only date with her. Yeah. So I had to really. So we get beyond the second level, we get to the third level. Mm. And she gave, and I remember you can always tell when you're getting there because they'll look up to the left or to the right. They're accessing part of the brain they've never freaking accessed. And she said two words. Now, I never give my wife's two words away. That would be crazy. But she had two words. Yeah. They were important to her. And I said, and all I did was just repeat those two words while I'm looking at her and she's looking at me. Right. And I get silent there. I said, so this and this. And I'm shaking my head and I'm listening. And I lower my tonality. What just happened? She took those words and the emotions attached to those words, looking at me, it's called a visual anchor. I basically linked myself to what's important to her. Mm. When I saw that physiology change, then I said, hey, you want anything else to eat? Yeah. You've got a quick, <laughs> it's about quick, quickly changing trajectory. It's like yeah, focusing, focusing and, oh, do you want a drink? Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know why it works, but it does. It works because here's why it works so well. She's feeling something here that she said she didn't want 30 minutes earlier. Yeah. So if you don't change the state quickly, then all of a sudden resistance comes up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that guy's too tall. He's too old. I was older than not 10 years old. All of the reasons why I would have come up it had to change the state. When you change the state, ask a question. It forces them to change their state. Do you want chips? Do you want another meal? Do you want another drink? Um, are you ready to go? Whatever. It changes that, but the emotional attachment to the person or the object or whatever you just linked is still there, and it's a seed. Okay? Exactly. It's a seed that will grow in most cases, not always, but it will grow if you did it properly. Now, here's the key. If you... I guess, for lack of better words, and plant that seed, it will grow not as your idea, as but as their inception. Inception. <laughs> and I call it the Genesis effect. Right. Yeah, the Genesis effect or inception. Yeah. So, yeah, inception was a was a story that's a great movie. Got really weird, but the point of inception, <laughs> the, the quote is key of being able to give someone prompts and hints that will make them have a certain thought or a certain idea and think it's their own. That's when I watched that film, I was like, this is perfect. I was like, this is exactly what I've been reading about the past couple of years. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So here's, a th- here's another key on Inception. This is how media uses it. And, you know, obviously there's such a great divide between today and the world we're living in, whether it's, you know, people, let's just take the vaccine, you know, pro-vax, anti-vax, whatever. It's a, such a great divide. But here's where it really comes down to. If you want to implant, let's talk long game, you want to implant a thought, you want to lead people, there needs to be data or a belief, a belief formed as data or displayed as data. So I'm watching, let's just take a hypothetical example. I'm watching the news channel and the little ticker below, they for maybe two days straight, they just put this one concept out. Then they stop for four to six weeks. Right. Then they come back with a big news event. On it. And you go, oh, wow, I was already thinking that way. Exactly. Well, the reason you were thinking that way is because subliminally, unconsciously, you saw it, a seed was implanted, and now everything from that point on is confirmation bias. Exactly. We look for it. So we have to know this is being used against us. Mm-hmm. Propaganda is used. I don't care what political side of the fence somebody's on. Propaganda is real. So when you know it, you can see it, you can start to decipher it. But it still works against you, even if you know it. That's the thing of neuro-linguistic programming, language patterns, and so forth. Even if you know what they're doing, it still works. Uh, so at least on the unconscious levels, you have to be conscious of how to fight that. Yeah. I mean, th- there's ways we could do it right now. So I'll give you an example. If I say to you, oh, do you know what? I'm walking down I'm an aisle in the grocery store. It's the fruit aisle and the veg aisle and I walk over and I see a nice lemon and you know what I do? I cut it open and I squeeze it and I take a bite. I'm sure the listener's mouth is now salivating. And then, yeah, yeah, puckering up. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. and these things, you know, that's a very surface level thing, but to say, you know, with media and, and advertising, all that kind of stuff, 
as much as people will say, oh no, you just do this and that and that because, you know, it just works. There are people out there or there are institutions out there where they are constantly thinking, right, if I can get someone's eyes to look on this left side of the screen than this right side of the screen, they're more likely to stay watching this video because they're engaged that tiny bit more. Absolutely. If you see an advertisement and it's a person on it and they're looking up, you will naturally look up to see what the photos look like. Mm. Something that simple. And obviously there's different levels of when we talk about propaganda or media or even one-on-one, -on -one, there's different levels of subliminal and I know people think, was, what is subliminal advertising real? It is real, but they do it usually not just a hidden frame inside of a picture, but they do it with, they want to attach emotion. To tell someone, you need to buy this book, you need to join this course, you need to hire me as a coach, is just overt and it's very, it can have resistance. But if you were to, if you were to have, hey, I other people, and this is third-party stories, what other people have said about this book, or have you thought about what it would feel like if you had a coach? Now, I'm not saying you have to hire me, but if you were to hire a coach, then whether it's me or, or somebody else, how does that feel, knowing that they're going to help you advance your career? So what you've done there is a couple of things we did there. It was questioning and better commands, and but it was also mainly getting that emotion up. Exactly. Get emotion of how would that feel? Because here's the key, and this is where I really believe people in persuasion, coaches, mentors, they've really got to grab a hold of this. Everybody has an image in their mind of how they want their life to look. Leaving the ones listening right now, you already know how you want your life to look, whether it's personal or business or both, mm. say 12 months, 24 months from now. Yeah. You can make a mental image of that. And you know how you'll feel when you get there. Well, everyone's goal is going to be, I feel happy. I feel over the moon. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to be, oh, I get there and I feel terrible. So what you've done there is you've asked them that question and they started painting the image. You've said, and you know how you feel. Yes. And they go, yeah, dude. And they start bringing that feeling up. With me, with neuropersuasion, I want to help you, da, 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 da. Or in our program, and what you just did there was a verbal anchor to that emotion. In our program, we're going to help you with this and, and really find out if you can help them. That's the power of persuasion. It should be conversation. Yeah. I'm enjoying this interview. I love doing these. It's my favorite thing to do. It really yeah. is, outside of coaching. But it's conversational. Exactly. If you and if you can help people in conversation when resistance is low, that's how you persuade. That's how you sell. Yeah, because when I went to therapy, uh, first time I was like, "Here's my problems. Tell me the solution." And then she was just like, "What did you eat this morning?" I was like, "What do you mean?" Was I like, "What are you talking to?" You know I mean? She's like, oh, "I'm just trying to build a picture." And she'd be like, "Right, well, you see these patterns of." The I was like, "Whoa, hold on. This is like a couple of weeks." I was like, "Oh, hold on. How do you know this much?" She's like, "Obviously, we're speaking. I'm getting to know you, and now I'm starting to make more." kind of proactive decisions for your, you know, proactive things that you could do to improve your life. And I was like, so this is what therapy is like. It's about having an impartial party that takes on what you're saying and gives you the best advice possible. And that's essentially what coaches are. They're like therapists for whatever purpose you hire them for, whether it's social marketing, you know, self-development or like yours is to be able to influence people. You're there to hear what they're saying and give them a solution or question their, you know, yeah, you're either going to bring a solution or you're going to help them discover the solution within. Mm. And I think one of the biggest things as a coach, I tell people, we have a lot of resources. I believe we're all connected. I believe in a collective consciousness. I believe that we're all connected. At the same time, if we did not have the resources, then we're going to be resourceful because someone does. Dan Sullivan's got a great book called Who Not How. And you don't even have to read the book. The book's great. But if you just read the title, Who not how you recognize there's other people that have already done this. There's other people that when I decided to start my podcast, um, I was kind of lost. I mean, it was years ago, but now today somebody can literally who can help me? who has already done it. And then it's just follow model that behavior model those actions as Tony Robbins says, and then you get the results. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's who not how is a big thing when it comes to coaching. I tell people when I coach you, Let's put a framework around what you want and let's recognize what you have 
what I have and what's missing. And then let's find those resources. That's how you can get to your goals quick. Yeah, because a lot of people are saying, you know, oh, if you just envision it and think about it, then law of attraction will bring it to you. And for me, yeah, as much as that's a good starting point, if you don't do anything to get towards that goal, you're never going to get there. I can dream about having a Ferrari all I want. I'm not going to get one if I don't work hard and make money or go work at a Ferrari dealership. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Law of attraction is something I love to talk about because I do believe in it as a, um, as a, I don't like to call it a law. I mean, people say the law of attraction. I think it is a concept yeah. that has validity. At the same time, there's even a Bible passage where, um, where God speaks to Moses and says, all right, why are they still crying out to me? They should go take the land. Mm. In other words, if we broke that down today, it'd be why are you praying and praying and praying when I've given you access? Mm. To, and it would even be why are you dreaming about the Ferrari and Ferrari instead of going and earning the money? And one of the greatest questions, you know, because people think, well, I'll just think about the Ferrari, think about the Ferrari. But if you really go back and just reverse engineer, how much money does it take? What's a Ferrari cost every month? Mm. $2,000. Do I have the credit? Can I pay for cash? And you reverse engineer it. But really, who? Who has earned one? How did they do it? And can I do it? Um, and I think another thing is, is asking those questions back to neuropersuasion, asking them, if you ask the mind a question, it will give you an answer. Yeah. It might not be the best answer, but it's a start. And I feel the like start. most people I would need to say, be gone. No, no. If I were to say, why am I always overweight? You verbally say that the unconscious goes, I don't know. Let's find out. Oh, because you eat potato chips every night. You eat ice cream. It'll give you your answers. If you ask the unconscious, and I see people all the way, I'm rich. I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. And the unconscious says, no, you're not. So they don't believe your own words. There is no congruency in your own words. So affirmations there are useless. But if you change that to, why is it so easy to earn a million dollars? Then the unconscious goes, I don't know. Let's see why is it so we, well, we've got resources, we've got coaches, da, 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 da. So by asking why is it so easy, how do I, how is it that I'm successful, more successful every year? How is it? You know, you got to work, verb, get these questions verbalized. Now all of a sudden the brain, which hates an open loop, gives you an answer. That is one of the biggest keys in, in Form and, and affirmation is going to bring forth results. There's a book, um, Noah St. John, called Afform, F-O-R-M, Nations. Great book. And I learned a lot from that. And I started using it in therapy and working with people, especially when you see a generalization. Like, I can never get ahead. I'm always late for work. People are always rude to me. Why can't I get a break? All that kind of stuff. I never get a break. Never? I start questioning. Question the generalization. You never get a break? When's one time you did? Okay, let's ask the mind, why did you get a break that time? Let's recreate that. So neuropersuasion is really about your internal mind, your internal path, and then connecting it with the people. You're going to build relationships with people. Again, I agree with you. It's long game. It's a long game. Build a relationship with someone. Truly serve that person, even if you don't get anything out of it. Selflessly. That's, that's the main part I feel like people need to take away is if you're doing something for somebody do it yeah maybe in the back of your mind i'm like you're like oh this could lead to xyz but when you're serving this person or doing something for them do it heartless you know what i mean like full-heartedly and and without your mind in it just go ahead and do your best that's it that's it yeah because that is where i believe whether you call it karma the law of whatever you whatever verbiage you want to give it it really is, you give, it shall be given unto you. Mm. And if you serve, I may serve someone that can never repay me, but I really believe it opens up in that, in that cosmic realm, that person that can serve me coming in. And so when we talk about persuasion, people get really funny about it because what I normally get is that doesn't sound ethical. That doesn't sound this. And then at the end of the room, they're going, Hey, can I use this for this? <laughs> you know, can I use this to, you know, to double my income? Can I use this to get this woman to like me or whatever? And I think it always goes back to your own core values. That's why when I work with someone, I want to begin with their, what's important to you. And there's other questions besides that, but 
that's the most important to find out what's important. Why are we doing what we're doing? Because too many people are trying to become successful because there's an unmet need for uh, validation. And they spend 20 or 30 years trying to be successful to be validated. And if they can just find somebody or they can validate their own life, maybe they don't need to make a million a year. Maybe they can make 80,000 a year and be extremely happy. But they're, they're, so we've got to find the unmet need first. So it is a little therapy. And then from the therapy, we learn the cool stuff, like how to persuade, how to use language, how to use uh, you know different questions and statements to have people move in a way that we want them to move. Yeah, because it's one of those things where when you first start learning these things and you, you first of all, you have to remember that you want to use these techniques when you're speaking to people or, you know, when you're in a social setting. Now, remembering isn't actually using them effectively because then you're like, OK, I'm going to say this. Oh, I'm going to look them in the eye here. I'm look. Uh, you've got to really figure out how because everybody's persuasion techniques is different. Your Your way of persuading someone to do something might be way different from mine, but there are core principles to get to. Yeah. And so. How do you teach people how to do these techniques more, you know, naturally than they would? Because everyone's first thing that you would, I would say to learn in persuasion is to be a good listener. But if you're a good listener, you have to also be able to ask good questions because you're not going to have anything to listen to. Yeah, so very good. First thing we want to do is we want to have people focus on one area, as you said, because when I first started beginning, this was years, decades ago now, and, and nearly goes to the program, and they said, watch their eyes. If you ask a question, they look up to the right, they're doing this, they look to the left, and I'll, then you got to match and mirror their body. If, they, if they're crossed, you got to cross. Mm. And I spent so much time doing all of that, I never found out what in the heck do they want from this meeting. Exactly. You know, and it, it, it became games. And so I realized, okay, I – I get if they're leaning back, I can lean back and ask the same questions. If they lean forward, I can lean forward. That, that's that's so minor, but it does build a level of rapport. People think, well, I got a rapport. No, rapport is multiple levels. So first thing first, what do they want? Let's make sure you can even serve them. If my wife said, I'm looking for this and this and a guy, I'm looking for somebody that's adventurous and rides motorcycles and they live for the moment and they climb mountains and they, it's not me. Yeah. Now, I can pretend to be that way. But at your core, that's not you at all. Or it's not me, so it's not going to work. So you need to first make sure you can serve that person or you can help that person. Secondly, once you found out what's important, the biggest secret I can give is when you find out what's really important, they're sharing that is to unconsciously anchor that to you. Talk about your company. Talk about yourself. And not, not in a hard, overt way but covertly. So you want that emotion to be anchored to you. You want that emotion to be connected with you. Secondly, is you want to work on small skill sets. Active listening is number one. Once you can listen. And some people, I had just finished a coaching call with one of my sales team. And he said, Wayne, I don't, and I said, you're not asking, you need to ask questions to get them to talk. Such as when they finish talking, you say, and... Well, yeah, you have to. The thing is, when you're asking a question, you would. I the ideal way is to actually have someone cut into your sentence while you're still piecing your thoughts together. So I tend to ask about three questions in a row, and then once I get to a certain point, then I go. And so, next thing you know, do you know what I mean? That person is speaking for me. Yes. Yes, and mirroring or labeling. You know, we can mirror their body. Um, you can also mirror their last few sentences of the word. I had somebody earlier on the sales call that literally said, uh, we asked them how they developed their business. And they said, well, direct mail, you know, word of mouth and referrals. And my sales guy was like, what do I say there? I said, well, you let them continue on that. I would have questioned it. Is that, okay, so direct mail, referrals, word of mouth. I would, I would have went back or I would have said what they said. It's kind of mirrored that back. Mm. And they most likely would have continued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I would have said, and... And if there's something else they did, they would continue talking. But, well, that's really it. Okay, great. Now we've got to a point. So active listening is most important because most people don't actively listen. We listen for what I'm going to respond to. I, that's why I tell people a lot of times, is it okay if I take notes? Because when they say something, I'll write down that one word. Um, I know this is a audio only, but literally that's my words in my last follow-up call. 
my sales call off. I literally wrote down two words they said that was important to them. So in the back end of it, I can loop back and talk about that. Let's find out why that word's important. So active listening is number one. Number two, speaking in a way that lowers resistance. Unlocking the sales game. Unlocking the game. Ari Galper. Great book. And he really taught. I learned a lot from him and a gentleman named Kenrick Cleveland about just asking questions that lower resistance. So instead of saying, you need this, do you, do you see how this could possibly be something you need? Mm. That's the thing. Pe- people feel sales is an aggressive process. And just like we said earlier, TV sales is not real life sales. Real life sales is meeting someone where they're at matching you know subconsciously once you get more used to persuading people matching their speech patterns or when yes. you're excited actually genuinely be excited but don't be overhyped to the point where you're like a excited dog type thing it's it's so subtle sometimes that when you've been sold you don't even notice it yeah it is and it, what you just said there so you need to match and mirror as much as you can there it's called pace pace lead mm. so if i'm meeting someone I make a sales call and they're, hello, what, how much is this? I kind of want to match that. I want to get into that lower tonality. I want to talk to them. I want to ask them questions. And then I want to pick up the pace. I want to kind of lead them. Maybe I want to be a little more, little more engaging. Maybe I want to get a little more excitement in my voice. And then I test and see if they follow. Pace, pace, lead. Pace, pace, lead is very important. If you notice, uh, a lot of people will say that, um, this uh, hypnotist, for example, as you're sitting in the chair, hearing my voice, they're truisms. Mm. They're sitting in a chair, noticing the feet on, noticing your feet on the floor, relaxing deeply. Well, they do know they're in the chair, feet on the floor. They're relaxing deeply is called a lead. Mm. Right? If somebody sits in the chair, doesn't mean they're relaxed. But if you say it along with truisms, then they go, yes, 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 yes. And they begin to fall into that. So pace, pace, lead someone. Listen, come in where they're at. Find out what's truly important to them. And then another big key, the more someone talks, the more comfortable they become. This is why active listening is so powerful. It gets the other person. Maybe their resistance is up here. They're very high-level resistance, you're trying to sell me, what do you want, I've never met you. But you ask a few simple questions to get them talking. There's nothing more soothing to the unconscious mind than a person's own voices. So as they begin to talk, they begin to, maybe they don't fall in love with you, but they get neutral, relaxed. That now is attached to you because you're the one holding the conversation. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where if you're, you speak to somebody and they like you, you know, if it's in a dating world or even in a business sense, if they don't see, you know, the value that you're giving them now, or if they don't see the fact that, you know, you could be a good fit for them business-wise or whatever, they will still think about you and you'll come top of mind. They'll go, oh, I remember Wayne. Let me see how Wayne's doing. Next yes. you know, you're seeing them again. You're seeing them, a, you know, a second, third, fourth time. And it's one of those ones where, yeah, okay, there's love at first sight or perfect matches in business. Those are great. But the incremental ones that you go, oh, this person's all right. Yeah, no, Joe, I really like this person. Yeah, he's really cool. I'm going to hire him. Do you know, it, it's, a, it's a slow step up the ladder that most people aren't willing to do. Most people want to send a CV, have someone read the CV, talk, talk to somebody in the company for 15 minutes and get hired. Yeah, that's great. You're going to get yourself a job. But if you're building a career like me and you are, You've got to talk to someone two, three, four times before you even get them on as a client. Yeah, absolutely. One of my top clients actually had me on a show like this. He was a mm. podcast. And we talked and we so forth and we followed up. And it was probably six months later, he shot me a message on Facebook and said, hey, how would it look for us to work together? Mm. You'd be my coach. And I said, well, here's what I think I can help you with. Here's where I'm different than other coaches. And that is literally just laid out. No secret persuasion hacks or anything. Just here's how it would look because it was the inception, right? It was his idea to hire me. Mm. And now he's been one of my top clients um, almost a year and a half now. We've worked together every week, one-on-one, 
just done an enormous amount of uh, change in his life. The key was, though, it was inception, I guess you would say, Genesis. It was his thought first because I served, because I did what needed to be done to serve. And that's the key. Now, for those who go, Wayne, I have somebody pull onto my lot. I'm a car salesman. Somebody comes on the lot. I need to sell them right now. Or I get one opportunity because we're doing seminars and I got to get them to the back of the room. Yes, there's times when you need to speed up the process. Mm. And there's a couple ways of doing that. There's times when you need to frame the scarcity and you need to frame the now, the time is now. But here's a key too. Those are rare. Because even in those cases, a lot of those people you can follow back up with, you can build a relationship with. I work a lot with real estate agents. And I tell people that list of 50 to 100 people that you personally know will make you so much more money than any marketing or advertising ever if you properly build relationships, keep in touch with them, and use some of the neuropersuasion tactics we talk about. So it's really about building active listening, back to your question, and then knowing what to say, when to say it, and when to be quiet and let people make their own decisions. Yeah. It's one of those things as well where – where you're doing, you know, what I would like to call, you know, sped up types of sales, or you're trying to get to a certain destination or thing faster. Not only can your your speech, you know, choice or your your words kind of make things go along quicker. You can go, do you know what? When I was in your position, if I was there right now, what I would do today is I wouldn't do this, I would do that. And at the back of the room right now, and you're saying the word now a lot. And do you know what I mean? I'd be like to myself, bye-bye, old life. But your thing to yourself, bye bye, is in see you later. What I've just said there is bye bye, buy this. Do you know what I mean? And subconsciously, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And people won't notice this in the moment. They'll feel compelled to take action. And then, you know, once you've done all that hard, hard, hard sales, you go to them, but do you know what? If you're not ready right now, it's fine. Go back there, give them your details, we'll email you, or give us your number, we'll text you. Because then suddenly they're like, but wait, I thought you cared about me. You wanted to, yeah, well, if you're not ready, you're not. And I've seen it because for a while, I did have an obsession with what I call scam entrepreneurs, people that kind of, I'll sell you this course and you're going to be the richest person in the world. Da, 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 da. And and all they do is teach you how to make your own course or you go to have a course. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But I was just, it, I was amazed by how these people were flying ar- around the world doing this, you know, here, Malaysia, Singapore. And obviously, you know, they're not making a million pounds or dollars a night, but what they're doing is, They'll go, they'll get 5K off that person, 10K off that person. They might clean up and get, you know, $60,000 or pounds in that night, signed up, you know, credit cards, whatever. But then there's a long-term process of bringing this person back or bring a friend in because you need a you need a business partner. You can't, you know, I would partner with you, but it's going to cost you a lot. So if you bring a friend in and they pay, that's less money for you. And I, I really was like, wow, like, some people are getting something out of this and then eventually they stop and they you know they don't go anymore but other people are just throwing money at this person because it's almost like a messiah moment they're like oh save me save me and it that's no that's so true that's so true so um i've been to those events yeah probably like me out of curiosity just to see what's going on in there. and i've spent money there's one guy his name is tom Schrader. tom is a great great he's a network marketing trainer mm. uh but here he does a lot of those events, what you're talking about, but he does it with, he does it differently. Mm. He truly serves for about an hour and a half to two hours in small settings of 30, 20, 30, maybe a 50 people. And then he says, Hey, if you would like, we'll take a break. My information is at the back. Here's some of the things I'd recommend. And it's so low key that, but he sells thousands upon thousands upon thousands. This not, then he goes somewhere else. More importantly, he's building a big database. I followed Tom and spent money with Tom for over 20 years and learned a lot from Tom because he does it the right way. Mm. Now, something you said earlier, which I think is very funny, um, I learned this years ago, the whole phonological ambiguity. We're like, by now, by now, or B-Y-E or B-U-Y, by mm. this. But I heard a trainer one time use this over and over, and I said, this guy has studied. Because mm. he kept saying, well, by and large, Whew, that's a good one. See, by and large, this is a great, but he kept saying, by and large, by and large, our products, and it was a pause, by and large, pause, our products, pause, have helped so many people, blah, 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 blah. By and large, our systems, and I noticed every time he said by and large, 
he attached his system to it. Mm. And I was like, it's afterwards, it was actually a meeting in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. And I wrote it to, I walked up to him and I said, who have you trained under? <laughs> and I named a couple of NLP trainers and he smiled and he said, you pick up on it. I said, beyond good. He was very good at it. Mm. But the phonological ambiguities can be something as simple as by now. The, the problem though, so let me give you the flip side. If somebody learns how to use embedded commands, binds, double binds, phonological ambiguities, and they think they've got a magic trick mm-hmm. that works. I was that guy years ago. And then they go in there and they go, hey, listen, by and large, our products, da da da. And they go through the whole thing to give embedded commands and double bind. Do you want to buy now or do you want to wait until after the class is over? Da, da. But they forgot to find out what's important for the person. If you'll find out what matters most and anchor that, you almost can take all of those other skill sets and just lay them aside. Yeah. Because they have made the decision. Exactly. And you may want to help overcome you know, objections, fear, storytelling. And I know this is, uh, I'd love to talk about storytelling storytelling in detail sometimes, but storytelling is one of the most powerful ways to help people break out of a conscious mindset, get into an unconscious and move forward. Yeah. Stories is powerful. Yeah. Well, you're going to remember a story much better than you'll remember. Do this, then do that. And because you've done this and that, then you do, if you go, Joe, you know what? There was a fish in the ocean. That fish's name was Nemo. They lost their father, and then they went on this journey. And they, on this journey, they made new friends. And along the way, they realized this and that. All of a sudden, you've come to a place. You go, wow. You know, sometimes it's not so scary to be on your own. You know, you don't actively think of that. But if I go to, you know what? If you feel alone, what you should do is you should go out there and try and find yourself. It's not going to help you. <laughs> it's not going to help you at all. Uh, I, I remember um, I was sharing a. We were on the phone. We were doing a high ticket coaching program. And the ladies, I could hear, you have to hear a voice. Mm. That's why I love doing Zoom, but I also do a little on phone calls. Mm. You got to learn a better read body language through the phone. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I could hear she wanted to buy this program, but it was $20,000. Right. And I could hear the fear, mm. but I also knew we could help. And I said, she said, I just don't know. She kept jumping around. I said, may I, may I help you? Is it okay if I help you? You remind me of my daughter. My daughter, and this is at the time, at the time she was four years old. I said, my daughter is four years old. We live at the beach, so we want swimming lessons. Mm. And, I, and I'll give the shortened version here, but what I told her was, my daughter's on this diving board, and she is terrified. She's got her yellow life jacket on, painted mental image. Yellow life jacket. The guard, the lifeguard's in the water, got his hands on her. Now, they made me as the parent go to the balcony so she couldn't see me. And he grabs my daughter and he throws her in. She comes up, she's screaming, she's crying, she's terrified. I, a grown man, have got tears in my eyes. I want to go save my daughter. Mm. He puts her back on the diving board. They did this three times. On the fourth time, I, and this is a true story, I literally stood up and said, enough. I stood up and I'm fixing to walk down the balcony. And I watched as she stood there at the end, shaking, adrenaline pumping, crying, and she jumped without you. Now I'm truly crying. After the lesson, she comes back and she says, Daddy, I really like my teacher. Miss Thompson, you're on that diving board right now. The difference is I can't drag you in. I can't throw you in. But you know, once you jump, you're going to love this. Once you jump past your fear, you're going to love this. And I don't think you're feeling fear right now. I think you're feeling excitement because it's so similar of a, emotion her words were i'm diving in i said would that be mastercard of these <laughs> we served her we helped her but i had to paint an image with deep emotions mm. and i had to put her on that diving board and she had to make the jump yeah that's one of those things where where you're saying listen i'm going to teach you how to persuade people 
look, I've just persuaded you. And it's not like I've persuaded you to buy something that's useless. I've persuaded you to let me teach you how to do what I just did. Absolutely. <laughs> compliance. Yes. Small level of compliance. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, Wayne, you mentioned this right at the beginning of the call and I burned it into my brain that we needed to talk about this. What are the five magic words? Give them to us. Give them to the listener. We're dying for them. Abracadabra. <laughs> the five magic words, I mentioned it several times. The five magic words are this, but it's not just like you can ask these words. You've got to ask it with sincerity and congruency. And you've got to ask it when you're in rapport with someone, which is another lesson. What's important to you about? What's important to you about a relationship? What's important to you in a salesperson? What's important to you? in a coach what's important to you the most the best of five words what's important to you about what's important to you in whatever when you ask this five words you you turn on active listening and you listen and when they give you those two or three words you pick that one or two that you see or you hear really resonate they're gonna be surface level and you ask the same thing now i find a place of agreement we talk about it a little small talk Earlier, Sam, you, you mentioned that trust was important to you. Mm. Curious, why, what about that's important? Yeah. What about what, it, what is important to you about trust? And then you go back and then you can go a third level. Usually about third level, I'll say ultimately. Well, if you had to say, and I go to that third level, that's when I usually see tears. That's when I usually see somebody truly break through surface level and get to an emotional state mm. then i can decide can i help this person or not so for the listeners write it down what's important to you about and just ask somebody find somebody whether it's a spouse friend whatever hey i'm curious what's important to you about something they enjoy something they're involved in and then listen small talk and then take it another level and another level you'd be amazed at what someone will share with you where can listeners find you wayne the easiest way is to go to yourpersuasioncoach.com. Blogs, articles, everything's on there. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.